Well, good morning, everyone. I totally forgot it was the school holidays and that there would be no kids' church, so I haven't sort of prepared it around younger kids. So sorry, guys. Hope you don't get too bored listening to me. So just off in thinking of that, out of you kids, what sort of things are you frightened of? What sort of things might make you afraid? Anybody got any? Spiders. Oh, yeah. Anybody else? What was that? Bulldogs. Yep. Sometimes they can be frightening too. Anybody else? The dark. Yep. Sometimes people are frightened of the dark. And the neighbor's dogs. We've got lots of dogs in this corner. <laughs> What's over there? You're frightened of something, but you don't know. Monsters. Oh, monsters! <laughs> well, they'd be very scary, especially at night. Yeah. Anybody else? Nobody else frightened of anything? Guinea pigs. Guinea pigs? Are they really that frightening? Rats. Rats, yes, but guinea pigs? Come on. <laughs> Some people are frightened of clowns. I was never frightened of clowns when I was like, younger. But when I've seen, seen some scary movies, every scary movie has a, a clown in it. Clowns are very scary. Well, anyway, this is um, about Psalm 50, uh, 46. And just to set the background, it was a, a psalm written by the sons of Korah, who were um, temple assistants, so they helped out in the temple, they were part of the clan of Levi. And they were in charge of the singing and writing the, some of the songs anyway. And this song was meant to be sung by young maidens. So presumably young girls with higher pitched voices. Don't know whether that's interesting or not. And it was thought to be written around... Um, 700, 701 BC, around that area, uh, yeah, BC, around that area, when King Hezekiah was king of Judah, the prophet Isaiah was a prophet of, Ju of Jerusalem, and the Syrian king Sennacherib was laying siege to Jerusalem. So he was surrounding Jerusalem hoping to conquer Jerusalem, to take it over, and that was going to be his. So very scary times for people in that era. And in the midst of all this scariness, of people's hearts going boom, 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 the psalmist writes this, Psalm 46. And we'll just read the first verse for now. God is our refuge and strength and always ready to help in times of trouble. God is our refuge and strength and always ready to help in times of trouble. Some versions say a very present help. Sorry. God is closer than a friend. He's closer than mum and dad. He's closer than your neighbor. God is there all the time, 
Even in your scariest moments, you can call on God. And it's very strange that most of the Psalms start with somebody's crisis and they start calling out, God help me, or something like that. But this Psalm starts out with God's provision. It just starts out with God providing comfort and help. And the psalmist could say these things because of the situation he was in. So God had taught taught him that he himself was a place of refuge. And there were cities of refuge all over um, Israel and all over yeah, all over Israel. And those cities were places where people could go and be protected if they'd done something wrong or if they were in trouble. They could go to those cities and they were protected in those cities. So the psalmist knew that God was a place of refuge, just as there were cities of refuge. He knew that God was strength for his people and for him. God is strength for you guys, for all of us in times of trouble. And that God alone was refuge and strength. It wasn't God and someone else or God and something else. It was God alone was refuge and strength. And that in him was a present help in times of trouble. Not a distant help. He was there. He was always there. He always will be there. God is omnipresent. Always present. But when life gets tough, how quickly we can forget that God is there. How quickly we blame him for not being there. God, where were you when this was happening? Well, hello. God isn't hiding. He's always here. Always. And he always wants to communicate with you. And he's inviting you all the time. Hey, I'm here. Come and talk to me. I'd love you to talk to me. I want to hear what it is that you're saying. I want to hear what it is that you're going through. And when God speaks, he speaks through his spirit. And that, can, that speaks volumes. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but I can have a dream and it can go for years and years and years in one night. And so many things can happen in that dream. And it's sort of like that when God speaks to us through his spirit. It can be the shortest and briefest of moments, but in that short and brief moment, he speaks volumes. So always remember, God is here, a very present help. He was here, he was there for those people in Jerusalem when they were surrounded by that Assyrian king, and he's there for you now. And because God is here, We do not need to fear. 
Let's... Oh, I think I've missed out a couple of verses. <laughs> I have. Let's start from the beginning. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Even though the oceans roar and foam, let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. It doesn't matter where or what circumstance you're in, God is always there. I'm totally lost. <laughs> I'll just get myself together. Okay. So the psalmist considers the most phenomenal natural occurrences that could ever happen. Frightening. And then he made the reasoned conclusion that God was greater than them all. And when we forget that God is greater than our circumstances, we sort of rob him. We rob him of his honor. The psalmist had huge faith in God. He was not going to be afraid no matter what. So, I can remember growing up, and I can remember we had TV. We hadn't had it for very long, I remember that. And there was news, so it must have been on the TV because I never listened to the news on the radio. So I was sort of like five or six, maybe seven. And the Vietnam War was being, was on. And I saw pictures and I heard the stories and I was freaked out. I didn't know what war was. Kids don't understand war. And it was a very scary thing. And that can happen today. People can be really, really afraid of events that are happening in the outside world. Nuclear war. People are frightened in case somebody presses that button and the whole world explodes. Climate change. People are really frightened of climate change. More recently, COVID-19. It's not affecting us in this country as it's affecting other countries, but people are really, really frightened. And whether these fears are real or whether they're imagined or whether they're more real for some than for others, It's sort of impossible to think of these things and thinking about the end of the world and end times without being consumed with fear. But the Bible is very, very clear. God is our refuge and our strength. Not a temporary retreat, but a very, very present, eternal refuge who can provide strength in any circumstances. So therefore, we will not fear. We do not need to fear. And the psalmist applied that logic to his psalm.
And then at the end of the third verse, there's that word, interlude. In some versions, it says, selah. And it's like the, the psalm had crescendoed. It had come to the, an end of a little thing. And then there was this time of coming down, a time of pause in the psalm. That word, selah, interlude. It appears three times in this psalm. And each time, it's like the psalmist is saying, take a break, stop, pause. And we all need to do that. We all need to take time in our lives when we say, that's it, enough. I need to calm my head, calm my body, calm my spirit. I need to stop and think what is happening what is happening around me that's making me feel like this? How much of it is my doing? How much of it is beyond my control? What is real? And what is not? We don't have to run away from our fears. But we don't have to charge headlong into them either. We need to stop and take a break. And that's what they did in this psalm. At the end of those few verses, there was a pause, a little pause in their life. Take a break, take a breath, move on. And this is a quote from Charles Spurgeon. It says, if I can read it, it's hard to understand this Old English. It were well if all of us could say, Selah or interlude under tempestuous trials. But alas, too often we speak in our haste, lay our trembling hands bewildered among the strings, strike the lyre with a rude crash, and mar the melody of our life song. Too often we go rushing headlong into things that are beyond our control. And instead of our life song, sounding something like that. It sounds something like this. We need to take a break and let our life song have a nice melody, not like a clanging cymbal. So the next few verses, verses 4 and 5, a river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed from the very day, break of day. God will protect it. Now, in Jerusalem, at that time, there was no river running through Jerusalem. Hezekiah had had springs diverted so that there were, could be water coming in, but there was actually no river running through it. So this is actually a prophetic piece of writing. And it's talking about the river of life that's mentioned in Revelation 22, verse 1. 
where it says, a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. The river of life. The psalmist pictured the abundant, constant provision that a river would bring. Beside a river, there would be growing trees. There would be water to drink, water to feed the animals. Without water, everything will dry up. Without water, everything will die. And without water, we will die. We need that living water that only flows from God the city of God, the new Jerusalem. God's city, a place where God dwells, a place where there will be no more tears. What an awesome thing. A place where there will be happiness, no sadness, no wars, maybe no spiders. Who knows? But if there are spiders, they won't be scary ones. And God is in the midst of that city. She will not be moved. All the blessings and provisions of God come because of God's presence. So that is just a prophetic little bit of writing in the midst of that psalm. And just at the break of dawn, Just as when daybreak comes and light comes and all our fears of the night, all our bad dreams can go away. So by the light of bright light of God, the darkness will disappear and adversity will be scattered. God will protect his city. God will protect us. Because God is omnipotent omnipotent. He is all-powerful. That word potent in there, powerful, that's our God. So the next few verses, six to nine. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and melts the earth. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. And there's that word interlude again. Come see the glorious works of the Lord, how he brings destruction upon the earth, upon the world. He causes wars to end through the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. God is sovereign. He is all-powerful. He controls the armies. He controls the conquests. He controls the rising and fallings of nations. He was in control of that Syrian army invading Jerusalem. He knew it was going to happen. He caused it to happen. And he also caused that Syrian army to flee when the time came. God is in control. He is sovereign. Take a look at history and see how, man, uh, how God has intervened with mankind. It's a call to you and to I to notice what God is doing in your life and in history, 
How has God responded to things in your life? Look back and say, now that I look back, yes, God was there. Oh, wow, I would have done it this way, but God made it happen that way. God was there. Look back in your history. Look back in the history of the world and see how God was working. World War II is a great example when Britain should have been crushed by Germany. But God intervened. And it could only have been God because it couldn't have been anything else. So we need to have a worldwide view and see God as sovereign in the world. Sovereign ruler in every aspect over mankind. And in understanding that God is sovereign, it brings us to the next point. Point number three, God is omniscient. He knows everything. <clears throat> that word science, omniscience, is sometimes it's said. The word science is to know. God is all-knowing. He knows what is going to happen. He's planned everything that's going to happen. There's nothing we can do that God doesn't know is we're going to do. He is an all-knowing God. <clears throat> and this brings us to verse 10, the real crux of this psalm. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. <clears throat> so this verse that's quoted so many times, this was a verse from God himself. The psalmist had written his nine verses, and when it came to the tenth verse, God himself intervenes and says, be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. This is God talking to the psalmist. Whoa. This is totally amazing. So it's not just a nice quote that we say to Christians. And although we can apply it to our lives... This is God speaking, and this is God speaking to everyone. His word is going out to everyone. His word is going out to the enemies of God. His word is going out to God's people. To his enemies, this is what, oops, sorry, this is what God is saying. I will not be thwarted. I will not be mocked. My purpose will be achieved throughout this whole earth. So lay down your arms, stop your striving, and surrender to me. If you're not with God, you're an enemy of God. Is God saying that to you today? Stop your striving. Stop fighting me. Lay down your arms and surrender to me. And to God's people, back then and now, he's saying, rest in my presence. Have peace. Know that I am God. 
Know that I am capable. Know that I will be exalted. God knows what's going to happen. He knows the situation that each of one of you is in, even now. And he's saying, rest in me. Know who I am. Not just read your Bible and think, oh, yep, that's happened. But know, get to know him. And you can only get to know someone when you spend time with them. So don't put your trust in mere humans. They're as frail as breath. Frail as breath. What good are they? That was Isaiah 22.22. And Psalm 103 says, 100 verse 3 says, Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are God's. He knew us before we were even formed in our mother's womb. And he knows us now. That is amazing. Like, I know my kids. And if you've got kids, you'll know your kids too. And you'll know the different idiosyncrasies and things that are going to happen. But we don't know everything about our kids. We don't know those sneaky little things that they do. My mum didn't know the sneaky little things that I did. Or maybe she did, and I didn't know that she knew, but... But God, he knows everything about each one of us. And listen to Isaiah 2, verse 11, and it's repeated again in verse 17. Human pride will be brought down, and human arrogance will be humbled. Only the Lord will be exalted on that day of judgment. Only God. And so the very last verse of this psalm says, The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. And then again we have that pause. Time to think. The Lord of, <clears throat> the Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. At that time, he delivered Israel. He delivered um, Judah from the king of Assyria. How much more he can deliver us from war and destruction. Even though they're inevitable, God's victory is final. There will come a time when we will all stand quietly before the Lord. And we'll either be for him or against him. I pray that we'll all be for him. So now, how proper it will be for us to reverently honor him and his power and majesty. Take time each day to honor God. Take time each day, each hour, each minute to honor God. Take time to be still and know that he is God. He's always there to help. He's always there to provide refuge and strength and peace. And God's power is complete. His ultimate victory is certain. He will not fail to rescue those who love him. So let's just recap. 
God is omnipresent. He's closer than a friend or relative will ever be. He, was all, he will always be there all of the time. He is omnipotent, all-powerful. He is sovereign. He controls the armies, conquests, rising and falling of nations. He is powerful. And he is omniscient. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He knows everything. He has planned your life story. So be still and know that God is God. <laughs>